Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Off Point with CJ and Ace. I'm Ace. And I'm CJ. Alrighty. Um So I got some bad news. Not some bad news. Could be bad news. Could be good news. But I have a fever. Really? Yeah. More specifically, Buckeye fever. <laughs> I do. I have Buckeye fever. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been holding on to that one for um, for a few days now. Yeah, we um. Too, oh. too bad we're not recording on video tonight because um, when you said the axe scooted back. <laughs> um, yeah, I do. I I've got Buckeye fever and it's bad. You know, we're we're working close. And it's like, I, how many times have I said? I don't want to rush through the summer. Just let it happen. Let summer happen. Football's going to get here. But every time we bring up Ohio State and every time we talk about how many days left until, mm-hmm. you know, the first game, it's just I, I'm i ready to watch. I am ready yeah. to watch. It's so bad that I've actually I've got on the YouTubes mm-hmm. and oh, I've started yeah. watching old games of the past. Yeah, and you've so, got me doing it. Okay, yeah. So you're catching the um, fever too. A little bit. It is contagious. You and I are doing it differently. You're watching season by season. I am watching. season I'm going by through season. our schedule and just picking random games. Yeah, a little different. Um, like start off Notre Dame, obviously, w- went with the 2015 uh, Fiesta Bowl. Right. So, you, so you're taking our schedule ahead yeah. that we're that we're coming into that yep. schedule, and you're looking for high state games yeah. that have played those teams. Yep. Previously, Which, unfortunately, there wasn't one for Arkansas State. Two schools have never played before. Now, once you get into Big Ten play, there's going to be a plethora of ones oh, to yeah. choose from. But it's it's the non-conference games that yeah. make it a little. It's making it a little difficult. Um, yeah, Arkansas is the one that made it. Arkansas State is the one that made it tricky. So instead, I just watched Arkansas from 2010 mm-hmm. um, Sugar Bowl. So you kind of substituted. Yeah, that one. I mm-hmm. mean, Arkansas State, Arkansas <laughs> made sense. Um, Toledo was surprisingly a hard one to find. Yeah. There was either 2009 against Toledo, I think. Okay. Was I was say, I, I know we've played them a few and times. And then, I mean, at least what I could find, I want to say there was 2009 and there was a 2011, not watching 2011. We, I think we won that one, but still not watching that season. Okay. No, I understand, I understand um, why. And then that would be a good season to go back and watch. Just uh, I I know we'd watch a lot of failures in that one, but at the same time, it would kind of remind you of I don't know. I think it would be all the stars that were there, and somehow we didn't do anything. Yeah, just to kind of Devere Posey. I don't know. Maybe it would be pure torture. I don't. I mean, yeah. um, So I I ended up picking for Toledo the 1998 game. Yeah. which, of course, we were under John Cooper. Cooper era. Mm-hmm. And I kind of forgot, but that guy was a recruiter. Yeah, he was. And actually, it was John Cooper that really kind of, um, if I'm correct on this, I believe that a lot of our recruiting was mm-hmm. was in-state and, like, kind of yeah. surrounding. It wasn't until Cooper, I, I think, think, until he started getting guys from, like, Florida yeah. and Georgia. And like, think... you know, some of these other you know ventured out more yeah i and started picking up players that way i think that's why cooper lasted so long despite his failures against that team up north yeah unfortunately Um, he had the wrong side of the streak 
Yeah. Um, I do believe. The guy was really good with, um, I mean, outside recruiting with team building. Um, just getting those guys to bond together. Um, so it was, it was pretty fun to watch. I'm about, I'm about halfway through it. Okay. Um, Kind of fun. Um, that was the well, and then and then you have Joe the, the, the games that yes, the games that you're finding, you're probably having to watch like majority of the games. Oh, like yeah. they're they're lengthier that's, that's games. That's a two hour. So I have been fortunate enough, and 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 I'm okay with this, and in, uh, in in some aspects, and others, um, I'd kind of like to see a little bit more. So the ones that I'm watching run from in between twenty and and thirty minutes. Usually they're they're usually like 22 minutes to, um, you know, maybe 36 minutes at the most, I think yeah. is one I watch. It really depends on who you find that has these. Um, so the curtain that, so I'm currently watching the 2012 season. So this, this, this would be the beginning of the urban Meyer era. Yeah. When he first came in, um, it was an undefeated season. It was also um, a season where we could not play in the Big Ten or for a Big Ten. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think there was a Big Ten championship yet. Or I don't think would, it was because I think the first I, I, game, I, the first Big Ten championship game, we played in against the Spartans and, and lost. I, okay, I think that was 2013. Which I'm not was, sure. Yeah, 2013. Okay. So this is um, just prior to that. We were not eligible for a bowl game, yeah. which is unfortunate because they were undefeated. undefeated. <laughs> they were undefeated. Probably could have won and, a natty. And, I feel like and, that's what hurt Urban the most. I don't think so. It wasn't. I mean, it was not his fault. I don't know how it could have hurt. Him. No, but I think he could. He could have had two. He could have had two. No, I in mean, his first okay. three seasons, I, two natties with the Buckeyes. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, talk I, about hurt. I, mean, I, I think it would. It would have helped elevate his legacy yeah i mean just think about this 2010 technically 2011 it's like january 4th 2011 of course for the 2010 season mm -hmm. under jim trestle we played in the sugar bowl against arkansas yes 2011 we completely crap out um lose to yeah. the rival lose multiple games i yeah, we weren't a lot of eligible. a lot of Buckeye fans would love to and then expunge the that entire season. And then 2012, if we could have gone undefeated and won a Natty, oh, 2011 been great. season basically would have been a race. Everyone would have been like, "That doesn't count." Yeah, it would have been nice to see the bowl game, and 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 I'll go in more detail on that because I've got I've got a lot to say. Yeah. a lot of I've been watching these, and there's a lot of things going through my brain. Um. Things that I, you know, wanted to, to bring up to talk about, so I've been holding on to it, and I'm just I'm ready to let it loose. Um, so I do want to add quickly that prior to watching the 2012 season, I did watch the 2002 mm -hmm. season. I thought, you know what, um, we're coming up on a on a season that 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 should be um, because anything's possible. Mm -hmm. we, we've we've seen. We've seen ourselves uh, get wrecked last yeah. last last year. Would be a great example. You know, we're doing really well. We've had had two stumbles. Had the Oregon game stumble. Kind of picked up from that. Things were looking good, and then boom, that team up north kind of mm -hmm. foiled our plans. And um, that, that just the way the universe wanted it, 
did we like it? No, but I think it's it, it it's help, going to help set things in play for the Buckeyes oh, yeah. this season. I think they've got they just have so much to shoot for. You got your goals. You got your uh, win the you know mm-hmm. go go to the Big Ten and win it. Yeah, make um, to the CFP and and then grab a natty. Yeah, between being held back a bit by crap defense, losing to that team up north, and then missing yeah. out on the Heisman. Not only that, but being voted seventh. Yeah. We already saw in that Utah game, Stroud's playing with a bit of an edge. So, yeah. So, there's, I just, I think there's just so much that, that that's, has the Buckeyes fuel. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much fuel. And these, so much fuel. And these guys we're bringing, and these recruits, I feel like are some of the most, I, I don't even know what the word would be, like, into it in a while. Like these guys have already got the, the, um, the rivalry. Like, like down. it, like it's starting to. It, it it's funny. So like, when you, you become guys, when you become a Buckeye, it's like um, having a blood transfusion. A little bit, <laughs> you know, like 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 in comes the Buckeye blood, and then out goes like the old blood, and yeah. now it's like you're a Buckeye, and mm-hmm. you you. Feel everything that it has to offer. You, the, the brotherhood that they have there, the um, you know feeding off the fan base because Buckeye fans are freaking fantastic. Yeah. And then and then the hatred for that team up north, you know, that desire yeah. to just beat them and yeah, and, and just um, foil anything and everything that it? they try to do. Brandon Ennis, Ines, I want to say it's Ennis. Okay. The twenty twenty three receiver recruit, mm. one of many. One of many <laughs> receiver. Cr- recruits um he said that like like he's locked in which of course is coming after the decommitment of florida recruit dijon dijon johnson um basically he came out and said not only is he locked into ohio state for good Mm -hmm. but so are noah rogers and um crap who's the other one brandon ennis Noah Rogers, who's the other recruit? I don't know. There's like twenty <laughs> some recruits. Big, big receiver recruit. It was the first Carnell Tate. Okay. Yeah, there's so <laughs> yeah, there's so many. I I I can't even remember them all. Yeah. Um. So they said they're locked in. We also speaking of recruiting, we have another quarterback recruit. Yeah, and here's the thing about that is that if you notice on this recruiting trail here, it is offensively loaded. Yeah. Now, because we've actually had, we've lost um, some recruits, and then we've also had some decommits on the defensive side. Now. Yeah. I believe after after this season, if the defense does, if it looks a lot better, I mean, if it if it improves any, I would think, but especially if it improves exceedingly well, I think that'll change next season. I think you'll see. 
I think we'll be able to pick up more yeah, defensive recruits. Um, you can't sell a mediocre defense to elite it, players. It, it, it's it's hard. Cause They're you not going to – I mean, yeah, Ohio State, there's the brand. Um, they know – a lot of recruits know what's going to happen mm-hmm. or have an idea. But you still can't sell it like a top-tier defense like Georgia. Yeah, yeah we've lost – We've lost uh, a guy to Alabama. I think we yeah. lost one to USC. Um, of course, the decommissioned which is, which is Which is funny to me because USC's defense, uh, I don't feel, is any better than Ohio State. So, No, and they play in the Pac-12 right now, which is no defense. Yeah, so um, that, that was the that one kind of got me like, why? But okay, but maybe Lincoln Riley's the attraction. He's attracted a lot of guys. There, so there could be something about there's something about California too. Um, so yeah. Um. So Brock Glenn is the quarterback recruit that we okay. just landed four star. Okay. Nice. So that I want to say he's a 2023. I want to specify. I think you're right. I think I saw. I yeah, think he's a 2023. Yeah. Um, I saw that. So, which is just going to add to our quarterback depth, which. Is a bit of an issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, the talent the talent is there. We yeah. have one of the most talented quarterback rooms in the nation, but the depth isn't there. We got three guys. Most uh, teams are carrying seven. Well, you know what? I think I think you read an article that had mentioned that there was three guys. He rewrote an article apologizing for the misinformation. There's actually five. There, there's five? five quarterbacks. Yeah, there were so two. We there were there were two other guys. His source was not updated. Really? He had went back and saw that an updated. I'd like to know what source is updated. So it was I've been where doing it the was, hunting it, it, yeah. since JP, um, JP Andrade and <clears throat> whoever the other guy was. I can't remember him now. But ever since the two of them left, I haven't seen anyone add for him. Um, I haven't seen the Ohio State website. Yeah. Okay. I, it, so yeah. So I caught that article, and I and I was remember, and I remembered that how you had mentioned that, yeah. that there was a lack of depth in the QB room, um, but there was actually two other guys. So wherever it, wherever it was when I read it, I don't remember where he said yeah. that, where he looked. Um, he had only saw those three, but you know had went back to it again, which is why it, which well, is what, nice. so that's what he saw. So he yeah. wrote in his article on that. And then he had go, gone back and then saw that. So then he went and did an, a, an apology yeah. um, for that misinformation. So, But there is five. I don't remember right, who, the, like, who the other two were. Yeah, I'm going to have to try and see if I so, can find that. Because I'd like to know who these other two are. Yeah, they're, they're names that I, I don't recall hearing before. Um. That'll be a good question. Again, with the recruiting, Ohio State is, you know, I want to say ranked number two in 2023. I'm not sure where we're ranked on 2022. The only one anyone's ever posting is 2023. Yeah. So, I mean, number two, it's it's a decent ranking. Yeah. All right, where's position? Okay, wide receiver, safety, wide receiver, running back. Hmm. There, just on the first screen. How many receivers? Yeah, right. Um. <clears throat> so of course there's McCord. There's Stroud. Yeah. 
Who else? Defensive ends, linebackers, receivers, JSN. Um, I mean, we still got a lot of talent on defense. I don't think recruiting is a ter terribly. Yeah, there's Devin Brown. Yeah. Safety. Mason Mags. Yes, that was one. I, year yep, first I year. That. Mason Mags. Yep, that was one of them. Okay. Um, I wish it would tell me like what their star rating is. And then Chad Ray. Wow, that was fast. Chad, Chad Ray and Ray. Mason Mags, second year. So where was he on our roster last year? If this is his second year, according I to don't, us, yeah, don't know. Um, I, my guess is these guys are probably walk-ons. Right out of Dublin. Yeah, both. so is Mason Max. Yeah, they're both huh. out of Dublin. Um, How about that? That's interesting. <clears throat> they, these these have to be like new additions or something. Hmm. Um. So there you go. Yeah, and wonder if we, uh, odds of getting to see them play are pretty, pretty low. Um, I, I I think you're right. Because let's see, we got Stroud in 2022. He's probably going to draft after. Oh, so for 2023, sure. 2024, McCord could be McCord or Brown. 25, 26, probably Brown. Yeah. Well, I mean. That's if I mean that's if Brown doesn't beat him out. Like I'm sure the comp I mean it's going no, to be what, there. What I've seen, <clears throat> what I've seen for most people is, of course, this year is Stroud. Mm -hmm. Twenty three is McCord. He goes and drafts. Twenty twenty four and twenty twenty five go to Brown. Twenty six and twenty seven goes to Dylan Rayola, who comes in next, not next year, but the year after. I think. I mean that's if we're playing this by who we have at, now. Who we well and who who comes. You know, as they came in, but yeah. let's not forget if they're eligible to play, yeah, the competition it's it's there. It is. Um, and McCord, I feel like, is the biggest question mark on whether they'll get to be a starter because he's going to immediately have competition with Devin Brown. Right, that's what I'm saying. He may get beat out for the backup job this year. Um, it's po I mean, anything's possible. Um, but one thing we know for sure is none of these guys are transferring. McCord said, like, he's here to stay. He has no Looks problem good. with competition. Um, Devin Brown said, hey, he's here for the competition. Bring it. Yeah. Dylan Rayola said very similar. He's committed to yeah, Ohio those, State. Those, those are the guys you want. Those are the guys you want. I'm glad we got and them. And I think after this past awesome. season, that's that's what Day is going for. Yeah. He's like, look, you commit, you commit. Mm hmm Yeah, it looks like those are the two quarterbacks. But still, um, I mean, of course, recruiting is a big thing because that's the future of the of the team. Yes. But right now, I say we got enough, you know, really solid guys on defense. That I don't think recruiting for the next year or two is a huge problem. Yeah. Especially, yeah, let's, especially we yeah, gotta let these guys we've got, speak we, for themselves. We do have some dudes, and if the and, and if you know these guys can stay healthy, I think there's like. Not a lot of depth on the defense, but I think that there's there's an I think there's enough that I think I feel that we should be okay in that next season or next you know next season comes around next off yeah. season when you, they get back on the recruiting trail again. I think we'll be able to pull some more dudes. I think into by the, the defense. I think by the end of the season we'll be, we'll be able to pour, 
um, pull some more guys in. Yeah. Middle of the season recruiting. I hope you're right. I, I just I'm ready to see what this defense what this defense holds. I yeah. really do. I mean, again, remember Steel Chambers converting over to linebacker. Mm-hmm. I want to say Kate Stover. Days at least hoping to have him playing on both sides of the ball. Yeah. From what it sounds like, it sounds to me like he's best fit at linebacker. He wants to play tight end. So Dave's trying to get him both, so he's benefiting the team and himself. Yeah. Um, Which, why not? It's uh, nothing new. Um, in 2012, <laughs> the season I just happened to be watching, yeah. Zach Bourne um, mm-hmm. moved from fullback to tight end. Which, I mean, that's, I mean. I'm sorry. That's wrong. That's wrong. Fullback to linebacker. There, My there bad. we go. He went from offense that, to defense. That makes more sense. Because yes. fullback and tight end, especially in modern it, It's kind football, of the like, same. Like within yeah. the last 10 yeah. years, basically the same, yeah. except tight ends catch more than they run. Like in the NFL, if you ever need a fullback for most teams, they just put in their tight end or one of their bigger-sized running backs. Yeah. Yep. Um, no, so, so he went to the linebacker position. Like... And, I think in the next few years, um, the 49ers, Kyle Juszczyk, like the best fullback in in the league in probably the last 20 years, he'll probably convert to tight end just because the fullback position will be dead. Yeah. Um, um, all right. So uh, it's, it's, it's that time. So take a quick break. Come back. Um, hit, we'll, we'll hit real quick on uh, Deshaun. Just yeah. kind of touch on that. And then, and then I'm going to go on my uh, – my uh, fever pitch. So, all right. All right. So Deshaun Watson's finally hearing something, something's getting done. A decision has been made. Um, I don't know if, I mean, so as we know, he got a six-game suspension, right? Yeah. So um, that was from uh, Sue Robinson, who was the judge who ruled on that. Um, so now you now you just kind of hope that it just kind of stays that way, I guess. I yeah. guess. I mean, if you're a Browns fan. If not, maybe you're, it, you know, there's probably a lot of people out there who thinks that he should be suspended for the entire season. Which, I mean... And then there's others that probably think that this was too severe. I don't know. For nothing... For him not being found guilty, there not really being much of any proof, six games is like, really? Why suspend him if he... Yeah, well, and I understand... Um, I mean, and that's... He is claiming his innocence on this. Um, I think what raised a lot of questions is the fact that, you know, this is over 20 women... But the I mean, same it's not time, like it's it was just over twenty it, women. It, yeah, that I mean, it, that's a lot of people that come at you. So if 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 you were driving down the road and and, and you swerved and and hit somebody's mailbox, yeah. and then kept on driving, it's different if one person said, "Oh yeah, it was this guy," but if you have twenty people saying, "No, it was this guy," you're, you're probably going to believe that 
and you're saying it wasn't me. Yeah, who are you going to believe? The, the 20 time, people who, who said they saw you? Who goes through 20 massage therapists? Apparently okay, this like guy. Three, four, maybe even five. Okay. Because, you know, different days might get a different person. And I don't even think he was denying that. But 20 plus? Oh, it was more than that. It was like over 60. Yeah. So, and it's not, that's not the denial. The denial is like, he didn't do any, he, he didn't do any, he feels like he didn't do anything wrong. Whether he may have made sexual advances to these women, but he didn't, he wasn't like aggressive mm-hmm. or uh, abusive or in, anything like that. Yeah. So, unfortunately, the NFL doesn't have, and I thought this was funny, uh, listening to, to T-Bone, um, 97.1 the fan. There's no dirtbag law. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, so essentially that's the, the judge kind of ruled I mean, it. You know, the guy is, the guy is, the, the guy is sleazy. The yeah. So there's a, there's, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of sleazy guys in the NFL. Um, um, this one's just getting a little more exposed. Maybe he is a little, uh, I mean, call it, call on. it, call it what you for, will. For he, last... A little pervy or whatever. Well, what, what was it? Um, but I'm just glad. I mean, I'm just glad there's no, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, whether I agree or disagree with the guy. I don't think he should have. Well, I was. I I do disagree in the fact that he should never have pursued something like this in this in this manner. So you know, you make all this money and you mm-hmm. get stardom labeled on you, and you yeah. think you can get away with whatever you want. Yeah, Vince McMahon. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, but 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 it's wrong. Um, but at know, the same time, he's an athlete. Imagine the kind of money you can get just for accusing him of this. Yeah, well, I'm not How many saying, athletes yeah. through the last, I don't know, like 10 years have gone through it? Zeke did. The, the girl admitted that mm-hmm. she lied about it. Zeke still got suspended. He um, did. And here's the thing. Let's say Deshaun Watson did do it. He's been suspended six games. Meanwhile, Calvin Ridley has been suspended for an entire season, 17 games. Technically, you can say more if his team goes to the playoffs. For what? Gambling. Yes, Josh there, Gordon. There is a big no-no law for gambling. Josh Gordon. Suspended for 25-plus games. Why? Weed. Yep. And see, because then there's... But there's, sexual there's, assault? But they will give you six. Well, here's the thing. There was no assault. Like I said... He was being a he was being a, a dirt bag or mm-hmm. you know, um, but there is no dirt bag law. Yeah. So based on the laws that are in place now, the NFL after this wants to change things mm-hmm. to correct it. This is what she based her decision off of. These are your rules. I'm basing it off of based on what what this mm-hmm. is for what he did. This is my assessment. Yeah, six game suspension. Which I'm I'm glad that they use like an actual judge and not just like an NFL person. Yeah. So now like I mean the NFL could appeal. Um the and, NFL could and I hear that if it does go this route, then things could get messy and this thing could get drawn out even longer. Yeah. Um and then Watson's team can um you know, counter that, and I and I guess mm-hmm. he would be able to. He at this point, he'd be able to play. I don't know. That's what I hear. Like he would be able to play well, while, while this is going on. If hasn't made a decision on it. They can't stop him. Yeah. So, <laughs> I think they just need to be like, Let all right, go. six game suspension. 
you know, he's he's settled with yep. several of the women already, which does, does that mean he's guilty? I don't know. Maybe he just wants to get this thing done and over with. Sometimes in you the just, eyes of the law, yeah, like it's not guilty. Hey, you know it's what? Not a guilty or not guilty, just like the pleading the fifth. Sometimes when somebody nags you enough about something, you just give them what they want to make them go away. Yeah. Um, great. You take a drink of water and now you screw everything up. Yeah, I bumped the mic. See what you did? Yeah. I fixed you it. You see what you did? Um, but yeah, I just think it's, it's nuts. For gambling. For betting on his team. No gambling Which, allowed. I don't know if you bet it on his team. But one, betting on your team to win, and you're suspended, doesn't make sense. Bet against your team to win, you're suspended, still doesn't make sense. Well, what makes sense is, like, whether you feel it's right or wrong, if Not somebody has a law or a rule. You're right. But in the NFL, it's like the whole thing, period, is just kind of dumb. I mean, it doesn't. The it, dude wasn't playing. It, it it doesn't it doesn't matter. They're not gonna like. But at the same put time, technicalities games in it. Yeah, like, for well, this guy for gambling, something that anybody else can do. But not if you're a player. That's you're right. But let me get to my point. Okay, I get I get the suspension. But that lasting longer than someone who's been accused and is being suspended for sexual harassment. 17 games versus six. That's not justifiable. And the NFL has been doing this for years. Hey, They've been like, yeah, well, it's like it, the worse the crime, the worse the, or worse the crime, the better the punishment. Yeah. Well, sometimes things are backwards. You know, I've seen murderers get out of jail after about five years yeah. just because there's not enough room in the jail, which is stupid. I think they're releasing. I think they're right. Exactly. Uh, get, somebody, somebody earlier. please pay attention to who you're releasing. <laughs> I actually saw a true crime Eeny, meeny, on this. Miny, mo, uh, you. Oh, and guess what the guy did when he got out? <laughs> he murdered. Somebody. He murdered somebody. <laughs> shocker. No Big way. shocker. Um, reminds me of something I saw earlier. Um, police, like the headline of the story was: Police arrest 99-year-old woman because it was on her bucket list or something like that. Her bucket list was to get arrested. Yeah. Okay. Well, Which ninety nine years their old, own. don't have a lot of time to <laughs> check that off. But did she do anything, or did they just arrest her to arrest uh, her? I don't know. It, she jaywalked and then um, assaulted an officer. I don't know. <laughs> Follow up article: <laughs> Woman murdered a man to get arrested. Also on her bucket list. No. Oh. <laughs> I mean, what are they going to do? Sentence her to life? What's that? Six months? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean... Shortest time served for homicide? Yeah. Um, all right, so... Let's head on over to the Buckeye Fever. All right. Because I got it, and I want to talk about it. All right, so... I've been watching the 2012 season, right. as I mentioned. Um, I am... All the way through to the game. I'm at the game. That's that. That is what I'll be watching next. Um, so these games, like I said, they 
they're short, so I'm able to get through them quick, and I kind of like that. So yeah. it, basically, as soon as a play's over, you go to the next play. Mm-hmm. Um, every once in a while, depending on the play, um, whether it be a, a penalty or just or uh, an out of bounds or something, they may, you may get to see um, a little bit of the replay, mm-hmm. um, but not much. You know, keeping it right around the 30 minute mark, it's perfect. I can get through several of them with you know within a couple of hours. It's nice. I, I, sitting, I can't imagine sitting there and watching the entire the the whole thing. I don't need to yeah. see the commercials. I don't need to see no. you know the injuries the and halftime. you know just yeah the ha- just cut it all out. Thank you, Bucket Highlights. Um, I'd say, for this, I'd uh, say one hour is perfect because then you're getting every one hour is not bad. So like when yeah like when BTN does their yeah. um, uh, Big Ten and sixty. Well, even though I it's like not an hour, those. they still have commercials in the they middle. They still have right. It's even it's so cut it's down, so like it's still 40, like 45, 48 yeah. minute. But if they show. can do one hour nonstop action, then because a football game, do the math. On yeah, the clock I, is an hour. Because I, because I, I would run into when the commentators would start to say something interesting, and I don't get to finish hearing his yeah. sentence. Like, oh, I kind of would know where he was going with that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's been real fun. So now, what as I, long as they don't cut off like the fun parts, especially when you have Gus Johnson on commentary, yeah. <laughs> then I'm good. Yeah. So all right, but this is where I'm at with this, and this is why it's fun. Like going back and watching these games, you 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 forget about you do forget about players. Mm-hmm. Um. So names start popping up, and you're like, yes, I re- yes I remember that guy. You know, like dang, that's good. You know, I'm watching this, and. And, and and here here's my 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 assessment from watching my observation through watching the season, and I start really thinking about like okay, I mean we all we all know that Urban Meyer um, he loves running quarterbacks, yeah. loves running quarterbacks. When you watch a game in 25 minutes, mm-hmm. when it goes from one play to the next play to the next play, mm-hmm. you really see yeah. how often. A play is used. Yeah. This season in 2012, I'm telling you, Braxton Miller ran probably as much as as much 15, 16, 17 times in a game. Yeah. That is a lot. That is a yeah. lot for a quarterback. I'm talking designed runs. I think he probably got probably more, more... than that just by. Not yeah. having anybody to pass to and yeah. trying to make a play. I'd say he probably got more um, runs or at least rushing yards than the running back, like he, Carlos Hyde. He, he he was he was pretty close. Now and here Hyde was a good one. Uh, and I'm going to tell you. So watching this, he ran so much. See, this is what I think Urban's philosophy was. One, he he loves his running his running quarterbacks, right? If you think about it, because he was he was talented. First off, I just want to say how talented Braxton Miller is, and it's his Houdini like mm-hmm. skills. You know, he he was an escape artist. The guy could really get away. Yeah. Now, but I will also say with that, I watched him get sacked and hit a ton. Yeah. So at the same time, so but he has the ability. I mean, sort of like um. Justin Fields would always have like two guys tackle him, and he still found a way to get the ball in the air. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, we or even run it. out of it. So, so he was really good at running, and, and then 
if he made it through, if it was a designed run, and he made it through the first tackle, mm-hmm. the dude dude was getting some yards. He's going to yeah. get a chunk of yards. Yeah. So I, I I feel like the theory here, and and maybe I don't know if this was really truly Urban's thinking that if I run this guy fifteen times, he's going to have two, maybe three breakout plays, like breakout runs. And and by golly, every game that I watched, he had at least one, if not two, big-time runs where he would just take it all the way down the field, score a touchdown, or gain a, a huge amount of yards. Yeah. Um, So it was like, you know, I'm, I'm just going to keep throwing this dart yeah. until I hit bullseye, and that's exactly what would happen. Now, he, there were pass plays. You know, there were there were run plays. Rod Smith, really good. Carlos Hyde, really good. So these guys, they did some things too. There were some dudes. And yeah. I'm going to continue on this because I also want to say, while Braxton was really good, this was his key thing. Mm-hmm. It, was his, it was his running ability. And I think this is probably what turned Meyer on more about this guy than anything mm-hmm. else. And this is his ability to run. His ability to pass, it was probably... Mediocre. It was mediocre. Wow. If he was on, then it was, then it was good. I mean, he probably connected. I mean, we're talking 60, 65%, yeah. maybe, which to me I feel was pretty low. Um, cause, it is. Because I, I think Shroud, C.J. Stroud's probably hitting, wanna, hitting in the high I, I 70 will, yeah. to 80% of, of his, like his target, like his accuracy. I, mean, I will remind you. That Tom Brady is more likely to take you to a playoff game than he is to complete a pass. Like I want to say, he has like an eighty plus per- percent chance of going to a playoff game versus like a sixty some percent chance of co- completing a pass. Which is crazy to think, um, if that's a if that's a statistic. Uh, so like so him so him throwing the ball a lot of times. I'm just like because he was and he would throw it in like. Crazy situation, like mm-hmm. double coverage. Um, like, I mean, he he's got picked off a few times, but there's times where they were just bad passes, overthrown, um, even missing wide open guy. I, and here's another thing that I noticed is that with some of the receivers that were catching the ball, uh, I don't know if Braxton could just really zing this ball, oh. but I've watched it like go straight to the guy. And then they drop it. So they either have bad hands or they got hit or that ball just came at them so fast mm-hmm. that they couldn't catch it. Um, something I've heard mainly from watching the NFL is if it hits the pads the right way. It just kind of deflects. Kinda, yeah. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. I'm, Which is why and, some guys will – I've heard some guys, like, customize their padding. Like, they put, like, like an extra, like, layer, like another shirt or something on under it, like under their jersey. Yeah. To help um, negate that, huh? Interesting. So, so, but and and I'm going to continue on my observation of this. So that's that's Braxton Miller, great runner, okay passer. Um, if you put Braxton Miller, amazing leader. Um, it, it, he probably was. Um, you put him on any other team. I, I don't think it, he would be as successful. I think he would be. I think he would be good, 
but I don't think that there would be as much success on another no. team. But this is what worked for the Buckeyes, and this is what I this was. This is just my take. This is my takeaway on this. They won a lot of their games. They would have at times. They would have explosive games, and they would have, and they would yeah. score a lot. Um, which is funny because I feel like when they score a lot, then some of the other teams would score high too. Like they played Nebraska, mm-hmm. and and it was six. It was sixty three to thirty eight. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you, you see a score like that, you're thinking, "Wow, not a whole lot of defense well, going when on there." Thirty-eight come in. It's a good question because I remember when we played. No, it was it was it, was it? It was gradual. Like like we didn't put. It? Yeah, it wasn't like we blew them out and then it wasn't like that. It was like we would make like a touchdown or two, and then they would make a touchdown. We'd make like another touchdown, then they would make a touchdown. Another, that, that's it was what like, happened to Michigan State this year, I think. Blew them out the whole game. Go put. I want to say the third stringers were coming in. They finally get their touchdown. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I know what you mean. Like that. That would. That usually happens. Um. You know, it's a blowout, and then so you start throwing in, um, all your backups, and it, you know, towards the end of third quarter, fourth quarter, yeah. and and then yeah, you know, a couple touchdowns get made. But yeah. no, no. This was. Um. I mean, in, in fact, I mean. The game started out a lot closer, and it was just it. And this is my point. What I'm getting to is that I think that this Buckeye defense is what really helped them mm-hmm. win their games. Yeah, because they were defense was scoring too. Mm-hmm. But the stops that they were getting when they needed to get them mm-hmm. was crucial. Um, yeah, I, I want to say that's more of a fickle thing. It was all. Oh, it was definitely fickle. I mean, you could like, see that that was that was a fickle the, defense. Hold them in the clutch. Yeah, yeah. They, no, they, it they was, can let them score all day long, but when but when they need to get the stop, they got it. Yeah. So so it was definitely the defense, and and this is so what I want to do is just kind of go over like the the evolution of Ohio State that I that I'm observing here is that. I'm just going to take it back to Trestle. Um, so with Trestle, Trestle ball, yeah, Trestle ball. It was Trestle ball was different. This was you going to you're going to grind it out. This was not a high explosive. We would play like offensive, Hawaii, for example, and it would still be a close game. Right, right. It would be like 28, you know, 17 NFL or something. Kind of you're right. Oh score. no, for sure. If you go back and through now, they did have some big games. In 2002, where you know they won like 50 some to you know a, a much lower number, um, that's just so, how good we so were. They they did have those those games, but every game when you watch Jim Trussell's Buckeyes in 2002, it was like you watched you watched both teams fight. Like I mean, you watched them fight, and they just went at it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, and then. Um, but then, you know they'd pull off the win, and it yeah. usually came down. Even then, it came down to like it was the defense that really I think helped pull them together. Because Craig Krenzel, really not that great of a quarterback. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. it, it. It was a lot, and you noticed a huge difference when Maurice Claret was in there. Because yeah. when he was in there, I felt like a lot, a lot that the whole offense really clicked a lot better. Yeah. The defense, I think, pretty much stayed the same. Um. And would do their job for the most part. 
But when Claret was in there, it, it really changed it because the guy could just just keep feeding the dude, and he, he's going he's going to do something. He's going to get some explosive plays. Um, so it was that, that's fun to watch. But he when when he wasn't in there, you can really see them struggle. Like when he went out early in the in the Purdue game, we almost lost that. Mm-hmm. And you know this is this is where the Holy Buckeye came in. You yeah. know the pass to Michael Jenkins in the end zone. I mean, nobody scored a touchdown until that play. Yeah. And I think we were behind. Yeah. So, um, and barely won that one. So, and that's just, that's kind of was. And then when they went to the national championship, gosh dang, that went to two overtimes. Yeah. So I'm telling you, it was a battle. That's trestle ball because he played so conservative. That's what that mm-hmm. means. Trestle ball, it, it's conservative. Yeah. Um, like Trussell definitely was not the coach that would. All right, you're you're up by two scores. We score another touchdown. Let's go for two. He was not that kind of coach. Ryan Day, on the other hand, has a, more of a Woody Hayes kind of mentality. He, like I go for two because I can't go, go for, for three. three. Exactly. It. Yeah. He's very Which offensively. In the XFL, you can't. Yeah. Very offensively aggressive is Ryan Day. Jim Trussell. He was so meticulous with, like, clock management. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he knew how to bleed a clock. He knew how to work that. Um, mm-hmm. He knew the importance of special teams. And, he was a football nerd. Uh, Trussell? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, but he was so good at it. And I think I think it's something that's important with Ohio State is we tend to have coaches that have this weird kind of, like, connection to special teams. Yeah. Urban Meyer was always a special team. He was. Guy. Special teams is, it, I, I think, there's a reason it's called special. Yeah. You know? It, it, I think it's that's true. They can't find a name for it's, it. Is that it? <laughs> I mean, we the offense, you guys are you special. Get <laughs> you get it, but special <laughs> teams is like, you do so much. We can't just call you one thing. There's not the punting squad or the kicking squad. Because the tide can turn. Well, I mean, the tie can turn on instant on pretty much any play. A de- the defense, pick six, boom. Yeah. Game can turn around just like that. But special teams is just a little more unique, and it's 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 a small detail that that can make a big difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if it came down to it, if you have a good kicker yeah, and he needs to kick a 57-yard field goal, mm-hmm. That's crucial. That's like, that could be game that's winning. That's the thing about special teams is it always tends to put the pressure on one guy, whether that's the yeah. punter trying to make sure the punt's not getting blocked, mm-hmm. the kicker trying to either get it like you know, but around the five on a kickoff mm-hmm. or yeah. a long field goal, whether it's your return guy on a kickoff or a punt, yeah, trying to get it in the end zone or as far upfield as possible. Ted right, Junior. Yeah, yeah, or, or Philly Brown. Um, who who actually who did return one? Amika Buka. Um, yeah, I mean those are good returners. And uh, Corey Brown, they called him Philly Brown. Yeah. Um, in the, in the 2012 season, um, I can see this guy playing in Ryan Day's offense. That's yeah, that's yeah. how good this yeah. guy was. He really was, and he he was a huge target for yeah. Braxton. Um, I, I think he was he was very reliable. Yeah. Um, that's not to say I mean Devin Smith played on there too, um, and he did he would get underrated. 
he was, and and I think it was probably two because he was there in 2014, right? He wasn't there 15, I think. Maybe okay. it was there for a okay. While. So, but yeah, so I think it was the you know the years after this, like he really started making a name for himself. But you know, as a as a really good wide receiver. Um, yeah. But yeah, Corey Brown was he he was a huge he was a huge target for Braxton. Uh, so yeah, so trestle ball you got the very conservative um, style of play. Um, it was still you know the old Big Ten smash mouth football yeah. that you know that everybody is Midwest. that knows. You know what I mean? Like this is this is how you know Big Ten football smash mouth. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of running back plays. You see yeah. a little more, a little more fullbacks too at that yeah, time, probably. The, the um, triple tight end package. And they had, and they had. I mean, there was good receivers. You know that you know that played back then. You know, mm-hmm. Michael Jenkins was one of them. And and there's. I heard, I heard something, or I think it was an article I read a while ago, that went ho- a few years ago. I want to say it was the twenty sixteen or. Fi- 2015 or 16 season when we played Hawaii, when they came to Ohio State and their coach saw us line up with three tight ends, he just like threw his plays out. So I was like, what is this? What is this? No, that's funny. So, so there's that. And then you transition into the urban era. So urban was more, um, a little more aggressive offensively. But he loved his running quarterbacks, and that's what you yeah. saw a lot. So you didn't see like a whole lot of, uh, not a whole lot of flash, but a little bit. It was more. It wasn't um, until receivers. Zeke got there that um, the running backs kind of took. Yeah, I think when you or, get a, we're really involved. Yeah, because um, Zeke at that point, how can you not? Urban well, still found I mean, a way, but. Yeah, and I and I can't wait to get to to those seasons um, with the, you know, after Braxton, so the JT mm-hmm. era uh, when he was, I mean, you know, he was quarterback. That was really an era. Yes. Yeah. So, and that that's what's going to be, that's going to be next. You know, I, I'm I move, would like to see that happen again. I've already watched for the, the 2014 season because when I first started doing this, it was, um, I wanted to watch championship year season, yeah. you know, when we won yeah. the national championship. Yeah. So I went 2002 and then 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, obviously, you know, hopefully this will be one. And that's kind of why I was watching yeah. it because I really think that this is that this They're is really our season, be. and I'm really rooting for it. I hope it happens, comes to fruition. Um, come January, I hope it's the Buckeyes. There's Hold. no reason for it not to be. But I just, I man, the I defense just, like, just needs to be in the top thirty. No, I think you're right. I think top um, thirty defense. Should get us there. Of course, the day is wanting and um, really wanting that top 10 defense, but yeah. let's be realistic. Be realistic. If, we it, if we can get it in the top 30, because hey, I'll take it. Jim if we Knowles get there. is only human. He's not a miracle worker. Yeah, right. Um, get in the top 30, this offense, as long as it plays just as well as it did last year, get that run game involved a bit more, we can do it. Yeah. Last year, biggest thing holding us back was that defense. It really was. No, it really was, and um, I do think more run and, game would have helped significantly. But and um, for whatever reason, we we struggled in the short game. 
again, getting in the red running. zone and stuff. I just, I, I think it was. I think if we ran it more, that wouldn't have been as big of an issue because, um, a lot of running backs, Henderson being one of them, is like one of those guys. You know, he needs a few plays, get run, get going. It, well, yeah. Sometimes you just got to keep keep feeding the running back. Where Day has this thing. Like he, he must think that like you can only run your guy for hundred yards when he's done, while your quarterback's out there <laughs> slinging it for like six hundred. Right. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So that that's that's your Urban Meyer. Uh, while you do get um. You still get good receivers. Uh, you, you get a lot of quarterback running, a lot yeah. of quarterback running, and. Yeah. Um, I do think it was the defense. I think we still had a good defense throughout this. Pretty solid. I mean, so the defense was still pretty solid. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. So Fickle, when Fickle was still there, I mean, that's either things. That's, that's what's I to me. That's what was carrying. That's what really is the difference maker. I think in these games, and that's what's helping them, because when the teams are scoring, um, right along Ohio State, it's Ohio State that gets these stops. Yeah. And then still continues. To have the yeah. ability to and score. I, when I was watching that 20, <clears throat> technically it was 2016, because it was on like New Year's Day against Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Fickle on the sidelines looks so young. Yeah, yeah. And then you see him yeah. now, and he's like, it wasn't that long, can, was it? It doesn't. It, yeah, um, yeah. Urban had dark hair. Yeah. Yeah. So he Darker. had dark hair. It was fun. Yeah. Um, so now we move into uh, the Ryan Day. Um, and that's just slinging. And it is it, talk about offensively aggressive. I've never. This guy is all about his quarterback, mm-hmm. but his quarterback his passing. Better. He is so into this passing thing, which is why Brian Hartline is, is a good fit. Which is huge, like oh. a good pairing with Day. Yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. I think it's a combination that works fantastic. Um, I I would like to see a little more running back implemented. I would. I mean, we've got um, – well, we had Master Teague. Um, Mayan Williams we still have. Mm-hmm. Still have Henderson. Evan Pryor. I think Marcus Crowley's done. He might be. I, I, I feel like he's retired. been – I feel like he's been there for a while. Um, A lot of good running backs. Why not use them? Yeah. No, I mean, I totally – I mean, you know, the, you no know they'll use, you know they'll use them, but I really think that – I well, mean, Trav- Travion Henderson should easily get a thousand plus yards this season. Yeah, um, it's reasonable if Henderson gets a, a hundred rushing yards, as long as you're constantly using all three or four guys that you got. Yeah, but still, he should be get, getting a lot more than what he's been getting. Yeah, the unfortunate thing is that as it shifted, once Fickle left. Defense still kind of hung in there, but you notice that the the defense um, slowly. Was Shiano? Greg Shiano came in. It wasn't great. Um, okay, he held it together. It didn't completely fall apart. He held it right, together. Yeah. Um, after Shiano was halfway, and then it kind of got good again. Was it half halfway? Yeah, it may have been. I think it was Jeff Halfley. Halfley came, came in, in day, made it good, but one year and out to Boston. Yeah, and I think that was well. I, was that? Was that when Day took over, though, that Halfley came in? No, that was 2018. Because I thought Day brought him, came with, I thought he, maybe. Well, I, 2018, I, I mean, Day was there in 2018. Yeah. So, so they he, were probably he, new new guys together. Yeah, it could have been. New OC and new DC. <clears throat> um, yeah. 
mean, technically, Day was co-offensive coordinator. Only reason I think he got the coordinator job mm -hmm. was because he was acting head coach. Maybe. Um, so, of yeah. Course, but, that's what brought Corey the, Dennis in. The defense has been on a downslide. And it's, it's, kind of, <clears throat> it's kind of amazing when you think about it, the whole Zach Smith situation and all the good that did for Ohio State. It brought Ryan Day in. Yeah. I mean, of course we had him, but it brought him up to the head coach. Mm -hmm. He's a, been a great head coach. His direct replacement was Brian Hartline coming off the support staff. Mm -hmm. um, and then because Day was no longer cornerback's coach, he was now either interim head coach or offensive coordinator. That brought in Corey Dennis, the quarterback's coach, who's done a really good job with Dwayne Haskins, Justin Fields, and now C.J. Stroud. Yeah. Not to mention their recruiting he's done. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's he's doing a, a really good job of grabbing guys and putting them into place. Yeah. In, in the right positions. Like, it's like, I, I see your strength. You're good. You will be good right here. And then you, yeah. kinda, you start seeing the fruition of that. Um, the, the guy, Urban, it, Urban Meyer was a really good, really good at picking out his support staff. And I he mean, had some good ones, like Tom Herman. Yeah, I was reading earlier just all the guys that he's had, just the tree that he's built. Mm -hmm. um, had a lot of connections with guys like Bob Stoops. There's this one massive coaching tree I saw, and Urban made up a big part of that. Um, I mean, we know what he can do. I mean, he came in after the, the, I mean, the disaster that was the 2011 season yeah. and then went undefeated. Yeah. His first year there. Yeah. Those um, weren't his guys. Not really. No. Um, but, yeah, it didn't take him long at all. Yeah. So, now, I say all Which this. Which, I think that that's just part of Urban's thing. Like, I think Urban and Nick Saban both can just go on to any team and immediately just bump them up 12 notches. Well, like, Ur Ur if Urban goes to Bowling Green, like a lot of people think he will, They'll immediately be like conference champs. When when you're good when you're good at your craft, you know how to go in and you know how to organize things and get things in. And Urban didn't overhaul either. He didn't fire a bunch of guys. He came in, you know, brought a couple of guys, a couple of new guys in, fill some holes. Yeah. Um, of course, Fickle was still there. Mm -hmm. And the guy just, you know, led us to like one of our worst seasons ever. Urban kept him around. <laughs> I was like, look. Well, he knew his value. I mean, when you, if he's able yeah. to focus on his on his niche, you yeah. know what I mean? I mean, and hey, it turned him into a great head coach, a revolutionary head coach for Cincinnati. Oh, for sure. For I mean, sure. who knows? If Urban never came in, right? Um, would Cincinnati be as good as they are now with Fickle, or would he have been fired after a couple of seasons? I don't know. Um. So now, so this is the evolution of the Buckeyes and how they've just kind of transformed. It was like a slow shift to where they are today. Now the only thing they have to do to get complete is the, is the fix that defense. Yeah, fix the defense. But it, it it's to... just, it was really amazing to me to watch how our offense have, has, has changed mm -hmm. through, the, through the coaches. Yeah. Um, and even the defense, you just kind of see it was like it shifted from like a defense heavy. Like mm -hmm. the offense was good enough, but it was the defense. Yeah. Now it's like our and then just shifted. So now Solid it's like defense, offense heavy, defense. and now on the defense. And then 
I truly believe that it doesn't matter how high high powered your offense is. I think it's yeah. really going to come that defense think, still wins championships. I mean, like I said, I think it was last week. It seems to be defense defensive coaches tend to focus heavily on the defense and like the offense craps out. But at the same time, it I feel like I would rather have a high power defense and a mediocre offense, a mediocre offense or high powered offense, mediocre defense. Yeah, like what? What are the other? Which one did you which one did you want? I'd rather have the high power defense with okay. the mediocre offense. Yeah. Rather than the high powered offense, mediocre defense. Despite the fact that, like I just said, so defensive Georgia would be to, a very good example of yeah. the high-powered defense, mediocre yeah. offense. Yeah. Um, so, which? But again, you have to have a coach that can handle that. Yeah. Because a lot of times with these defensive base head coaches, they kind of fall flat on the offense. Yeah. Again, you don't matter. Right. Right. Where offensive coaches are like, all right, look. The defense got to do something. They kind of took some time to fully realize that. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Like, like he's the dude that has to make – figure out the, what, what the changes – what are the changes that have to be made. And then he makes it. Mm-hmm. But he is given full yeah. – all the defense. He's like, Jim – Take care of this, please. I know. And then he has to leave I'm because I'm really he, wondering he, if Ryan Day made the coaching hires for the defensive staff or if that was Jim Knowles. That was like Perry Eliana out of Cincinnati. Get over here. No. Um Well, no, I think he just I no, I think he probably probably was Knowles. He probably said, Look, what do you what do you need? Mm-hmm. Here's I mean, a check. I mean sort of like Gene Smith. <laughs> here's a here's a Literally, check. Put it on a number yeah. and then what do you need? To help fix this. He's like, all right, $2 million, I mean, and I want this guy, this guy, this guy, and he's coming with me. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, um, Yeah, I mean, like 90% of um, Knowles' support staff came to mm-hmm. Ohio State, doubled our support staff, mm-hmm. I think. And, again, Gene Smith kind of did the same thing with Ryan Day. I was like, look, here's a check. <laughs> Tell him to put his number on it. <laughs> yeah. And then bring him over right. here. Anything. Yeah. Fix uh, this defense. And then Day, you know, did the same thing with Knowles. Yeah. What do you need? Yeah. Brought over a player, one of his best players. Which I think is probably what helped us the most is now we have a guy on the field that already knows it. Can help the players directly. Yeah. Can be a coach on the field. I, I, I'm I betting for the f- first few games, this guy's going to play like every snap. Tanner McAllister. Maybe. We'll see. So, but you know what? The overall picture, though, is that if there's if there's the Buckeyes are, if anything, consistent though because yeah. they are so good and they can be so good in so many different ways. We've been very fortunate to have the coaches that we've had, yeah, um, and you know, and all the 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 sub coaches you know underneath those head coaches, yeah. been very, um, very fortunate. Um, I know I'm grateful. I think it's fantastic. High State's a great program. Always they've had some been, of the best coaches. And support coaches. I mean, the the names are endless that have come out of this university. Um, I don't know if you saw, Ohio State was named the number two, the second ranked biggest brand in all of college football. Second to who? Alabama. 
crazy. Um, yeah, Alabama was even number one during the 2012 season. I saw <laughs> saw on the yeah. on the bottom line. At that thing. point, it was either going to be Bama or Florida State. I think. Yeah, I think, I think Florida, Florida State was State really good. My, then. They they were up there. Florida was still pretty good. Georgia was doing good. Uh, UCLA that I mm-hmm. saw one there was like 11. Yeah. So, um, but we can get that in another time. Yeah. Um, that's all I really have on that. It's fun. I'm going to move on. What once I get through 2012, I'm just going to keep watching all these seasons, game for game, up yep. until um, our current season. Looking forward all to right. it. Buckeye fever is going to continue, and. I think that's it for us, buddy. All right. Let's go uh, get out of here and get some shut eye. All right. Until next week, we out. Can you feel it? Can you feel it?